The Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab number 357 Premium for Thursday, October 6th, 2011. Folks, it is the Mac Geek Gab Premium, and it is Thursday. Did you say the 6th, John? It is. It's October <laughs> yes, 6th. Yes, I did. Uh, so we are here. We had this show scheduled uh, to record today, and uh, as I'm sure most of you know, but if you don't, uh, please sit down. Uh, Steve Jobs passed away last night. Um not exactly a huge surprise given his health and, and the recent events with his retirement and all of that. But um, with this show scheduled, we, we, John and I talked about this a lot actually um, earlier today and it was, you know, do we not do a show? It it seemed uh, simultaneously, it seemed strange to just do a regular show. And also maybe that, that would actually be a great thing to do. But, uh, but we decided that, that, that we weren't quite ready to do a, a regular show today. So uh, we decided we would sit and in our own way, uh, reflect on a lot of the good that, uh, that came into our lives and, and, and collectively, right. I mean, we're, we're a community here that came into all of our lives. Um, you know, I, ha- I have to, and, and I, there's a, there's one particular thing that impacted both of us, John, that I think would be a good place to start. But I, I want to say mm-hmm. that when I found out about, uh, him passing away. And I, of course, you know, being what we do, I found out about it very shortly after it was announced. And the first thing that I did was I, I was in very much business mode. It was like it, similar to when he retired. It was a, a shock of news, but it was okay. I need to call Brian uh, because he was on, you know, on, on duty at TMO and just make sure he knows so that he can, you know, write up his story. And we'd had an obituary prepared and, and that sort of thing. Um, and there's actually an interesting story behind that and how it actually got deleted. Uh, and we had to rewrite it. Jeff actually rewrote it last night. But that was my first reaction. And then, and so I did. And uh, and they were already aware of it and working on it. And uh, and it already kind of hit Brian. He was much somber than I was during that phone call. And then uh, about 20 minutes later, having dinner with the family, I actually, I broke into tears. And it 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 sort of surprised me because I I didn't, I mean, I didn't know Steve Jobs personally, I interacted with him very uh, superficially almost, but obviously no relationship there or anything. Uh, and then the more I thought about it, the more I thought oh, I shouldn't be surprised that that this impacted me this way because he has had a huge influence on my life. And as listeners to the show know, I I tend to get emotional about things, but I also am very careful uh, not to become a fanboy, all you know, about various things. Um and I'm, and I'm always kind of tempering that by, you know, looking, looking at it analytically and, and at least trying to. And, uh, and I decided that that, uh, is not that particular wall is, is not necessary to have here. Um, and, and it, and it's okay to accept that he, you know, he was a huge influence on, uh, on what we do and, and just on, on the way my life and I think John's life has gone. So with that, uh, I, I think, a great place to kind of meld what we do here at the geek cab and, and bear with us here. Cause th- this, this is going somewhere, which actually I think is going to be somewhat fun. Uh, what we do here at the geek cab and, 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 and of course reflecting on Steve jobs life uh, is to start with John, the first time that you and I ever saw Steve jobs. Um, 
live. Now, it, perhaps it's it's important to give this a little bit of background. So the first time we ever saw him live was to help me with the dates here. I know we've done a little research on this, but I think it was July 21st, 1999 in New York City at the Javits Center. But we were supposed to have seen him uh, a year before that in Boston when he uh, trotted out and put Bill Gates on the screen behind him. Right. Right. right? But, but we got into Boston so late that night. I think, I think I flew in from Texas and my flight was delayed. And, uh, and of course in this Boston show was pre TMO TMO did not exist. So John and I were attending Macworld as fans as we did many times prior and many Apple fests before Macworld existed. And perhaps mm-hmm. we'll talk a little bit about those uh, as time goes on in the show, but maybe not. But but we were supposed to see him that day. And we just we woke up the next morning to go in and wait in the big long line and all that stuff. And and I remember you and I looking at each other saying, dude, no way. <laughs> There's <laughs> no way we're going to make this right. Do you remember this? I, I, well, I, I realized I, I, I reflect a bit farther back, Dave, in that. So you and I had met, I think, when I was doing my undergrad work. Okay, well, well, let's 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 tell the story of 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 when we first saw him and then. Yeah, we're not going to do this chronologically. It just I I was I was sort of off on a tangent there. But uh, but anyway, uh, the first time and then and then, yeah, I want to talk about how we met. But I think there's there's some there's merit to this story. So it's good to get me back on track. Uh, So it was July 21st, 1999. Uh, TMO was what, maybe five months old at, at that point. Um, I mean, it was, it, yeah, it, it could, it could, it started in, in January of 99, maybe, maybe December of 98, depending on how you, how detailed you want to get with the, you know, corporate paperwork and the website and all that stuff. So we were, you know, six, maybe seven months old and somehow, and I, 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 I still don't know how we did this as a six, seven month old website, but we weaseled press passes for Macworld Expo for the keynote, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, people didn't know us from from Adam. Well, that was my reflection. And then yeah. when you and I had initially spoke, I remember uh, uh, sh- when I came on board at TMO, which has been a wonderful journey. I think I said to you, Dave, can you can you sneak me into a keynote? And you're like. You know, John, I can't do that, man. You got to write for us. And that's right. how actually I, I adopted the Monday's Mac gadget. That's and it right. was just a convenient transition of someone who had uh, left the publication, but you had an open spot. And I'm like, and you're like, no, I can't do that. I can't, you know, just sneak you in. But if you start writing for us and, and doing work for us and then becoming part of the, the Mac Observer family, then yeah, then, then maybe there's a chance. So, uh, so right. that I, I was. I'd, I'd forgotten. So we did that <laughs> to get you a press pass for the first. Uh, uh, for the Macworld Expo in San Francisco in January of 1999, but right. we were not there in time to see the keynote that year. We, for whatever reason, we missed it, and, and I think it was just because we had we had I know what it was. We had travel plans to go to it that we you know booked months before TMO was was even a, a thought, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so so yeah, so that's right. We weren't going to be. We missed that keynote just because of the way our travel plans were. So. But we decided it was you, me and, and Brian, actually, that that decided, you know, if we're going to do this keynote thing and we want to be a site that people recognize, right, we got to do something to to set us apart. We need to get some attention. And that means getting good coverage. 
It could have meant other things, too, but we didn't want to take the cheap way out. You know, we wanted to actually do something quality, uh, which perhaps in, in and of itself is a is a nice, you know, uh, way to honor Steve Jobs. Right. But uh, so we decided to do live coverage. Now, again, you know, back then. Right. Yikes. Because we're no, talking oh, many, many years ago and, and the technologies that we take for granted now. Hey, listen. Yeah. The, the live coverage on Tuesday that everybody did sucked. OK, these people and, and shame on them. Shame on Macworld. Shame on the loop. Shame on Engadget. Shame on ours. Those whoa, people. Whoa, whoa. No, no. Listen, <laughs> if you're going to get invited to this event and you're going to tell people that you're going to do live coverage, they've been at this. Macworld certainly been at it longer than we have. Dalrymple was at Macworld longer than we've been. <laughs> uh it, you know, I, and I like these guys. I like Snell. I like uh, Dan Warren. I, Jim Dalrymple and I go way back. I, You're going like, to anger the beard, man. I don't. You got to be I, careful. Listen, the beard needs to learn how to do it right. <laughs> they all do, just like we did. But this and and it, and our live coverage thing. I mean, the thing we did at the Amazon event and the thing we did at WWDC. We built our own servers now, but we've learned this stuff. You know, uh, we we've got an engine that won't go down. It might make me go broke in in uh, scaling charges. But uh, but it certainly won't go down. And that's important. Unlike everybody else's engine, I'm just going to say. But anyway, that was a to- totally un, uh, perhaps unwarranted rant. Mm-hmm. Ah, they deserved it. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, like you said, John, in 1999, none of the technology that we use today to do these live keynotes existed. So we we cooked up a very interesting way of doing this. You had just gotten, help me with the details here. You had just gotten a palm that had wireless capability. And I, and this was bleeding, bleeding edge. So the Palm seven, I think was one of the first PDAs and I loved my palm. I'm, I'm, I'm just so sad that they kind of lost their way, but, uh, the palm and, and, you know, uh, from what I recall, a lot of Apple people had, had, uh, involvement in palm and it was, uh, was and I think still is uh, well not anymore but no was a revolutionary device but when they came out with the Palm 7 I jumped on the bandwagon because the Palm 7 had a version that had wireless capability that was just working on the the cellular infrastructure that was available then that's right packet switching stuff or something so right? way before you had your iPhone or your or Wi-Fi or even Wi-Fi I think was still you know a, a dream uh, or was just coming out, you know, I don't have the dates right, but the Palm 7 was one of the first handheld devices that had the ability to do wireless communication. So fortunately, I had one, and uh, this was, a, uh, I think, one of the tools that we used to provide what I think back then was, was bleeding-edge coverage of, of an event. Absolutely. So, yeah, so, but, but we had, a, so we, we, that was the linchpin of our, of our uh, system, but, but there was actually a whole system that required three people to pull off. So, so this is how it went. You and I were sitting in the press section, which uh, if you were facing the stage at the Javits, I don't know why I remember these details, was off to the right. Okay. And so you and I were sitting there next to each other and I had a Palm 3. Uh, I, was, I had been a Palm user for a while and I think you had been too. And, and, uh, and I had gotten really good at, at graffiti, which was Palm's pseudo handwriting recognition thing. Right. And and so the and then Brian uh, was the third part of this chain and he was back in the TMO office. Uh, we actually had an office in the in the early days. Um, lately, we haven't because we're more virtualized. But but he was back in the TMO office in Austin, Texas, uh, waiting 
with this, you know, page ready to go that he could update. So the way it worked was this. I would uh, scribble down these notes, you know, as as the coverage came in uh, or, you know, as as right. as people on stage. So you spoke. were the graffiti master. So right. you were the you were the, the, the most well versed in in their shorthand for taking notes and translating to text. So that's step right. one. Step one. Right. The, the information was turned into digital uh, text. Step two, whenever there would be, excuse me, a break in the action, I would turn toward I'd nudge John. <laughs> I would we would turn our palms towards each other to aim the infrared ports <laughs> at each other. And then I would beam that note that I had written to you. And then I would go, as soon as the beaming was done, I could go back to scribbling more. And when what you would do is you would. Well, go ahead. Do you, you, you remember this, right? Well, no, remember I remember. Did. So, okay, so yeah. yeah. So they had the beaming capability. And then what I would do is because the Palm 7 had a tie into the. I don't know if I'd say that. Well, no, it was the it was internet, a, but, it was but a basically PSTN, I would take, right. Or a packet switch something network, right? I, I think it was, it was yeah. one of the earlier cell networks, but basically what I had the ability to do, I believe was email. That's it. What yep. was beamed to me. So you beamed it to me as a palm note. And then once I received that, I would then take it, I'd look it over and actually you know, to, fix it up. And then I would email it to Brian to throw one thing in there. You use the palms, copy paste command, to paste, yep. to copy that text from a note and paste it into email. This is very important in 1999 because, of course, when the iPhone first came out, it had no copy and paste. So, so there, there were, you know, and and that it that doesn't seem like a big deal, but we couldn't have done this coverage without it, right? I mean, copy paste was a huge deal to and the, us. And then that I think day. Brian would get the email from me via the the, the Palm Network, and then he would. You know, again, review that and then put it up, uh, you know, take it the email again, copy and paste and put it up on the site. So it was not exactly real time, but it was, I, I think, back in the day was uh, pretty, pretty close to real time coverage of of what was happening at the event. Yeah. And that was our first live coverage. And I think we've done every certainly every Apple keynote. We haven't been to every Apple special event. Obviously, we weren't there on Tuesday uh, but, uh, but as I mentioned that, that whole system has, has greatly evolved now. Um, I, I wrote an article about this back in 2006. We'll put a link in the show notes or whatever, if you want to read more about the keynote thing, but, uh, but of course it's all changed since then anyway. Um, so that was the first time we saw jobs, but, but there's something interesting. So that was the technology behind it. Getting back to Steve jobs, um, something very interesting happened when he hit the stage that was the year the Pirates of Silicon Valley movie had come out. And we had never, I'd of course seen videos of Steve Jobs on TV, but we had never, I had never seen him in person before. And I don't think you had either. And he came on stage and I thought, man, he looks a lot like Noah Wiley. I mean, you know, it was uncanny <laughs> how much I really, I, I totally fell for this. And for those of you that don't know, it was Noah Wiley that first walked on stage. And then, you know, there, there was a big laugh and jobs came out and thanked him and shook his hand and Noah went off. But, you know, he came out in the, in the traditional jobs uniform and turtleneck jeans, sneakers kind of thing. And, uh, and then of course, you know, it didn't take long for jobs to come out. And, and that was the, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the 1999 keynote was the one where he introduced the iBook. And so there was the whole, that was also when we were introduced to wireless internet too. Right. I think why that was the first demonstration of Wi-Fi in a, certainly in a, a consumer sense that I had ever seen. I think that was that one. It had to have been. 
Yeah, had to have been. So, so that was that was the first time I ever saw Steve Jobs, and uh, and I won't forget it. Um, and I won't forget any of the times that I saw him on stage. That the iPhone announcement um, in San Francisco is one that will uh, stick with me for a long time. Another one that sticks with me simply because it, it was, it was a nice thing to be able to do. So you talked about weaseling you into the keynote Uh, in New York, I believe 2001 was the year they gave away the, um, there was the secret under the seat. Everybody (laughs) had a a, a mighty mouse or whatever it was right. Taped under their seat. You know, I still, I still have that mouse and I think I still have the box. Yeah. It says in New York, uh, the, the year. Yeah. I think it was 2001. Um, but I had, I, I, we weren't able to weasel you into the first one, but by New York 2001, we had a little more pull. And so I weaseled my brother in, uh, who was working in Manhattan in the time. And, and it's funny. I just had lunch with him today and he, he actually remembered that he's like, you know, I really appreciate you doing that for me because at the time it just seemed fun. He said, but now he said, you know, I couldn't do that again. Um, and I'm really glad I got to see him speak. So, so there were a couple of of notable keynote, you know, or, or uh, Steve Jobs performances. And, and unfortunately uh, one that is notable is this last one that I saw um, at WWDC. And at this one, the press section was to the left of the stage, which is where he came up and down. And I, I remember seeing as he walked up to the stage, I could, you know, I was kind of watching almost behind him uh, sort of, we were sort of flanking him as he walked up to the side of the stage. And I remember thinking how, I mean, if he looked sick from the front, he looked emaciated from the back. I mean, he, he really, there, there was not much there, unfortunately, but, um, you know, I, I will, I will say this. I said, I got choked up, um, thinking about this uh, last night and, and really the thing that, that chokes me up the most about it is when I think about how his family was cheated out of, you know, another 20 or 30 years with him, uh, because he's got, you know, relatively young kids and, and, uh, and obviously he loved his family and he, he loved his wife, but the rest of the world, I I don't believe was cheated at all. Uh, you know, I think, uh, as far as the rest of us are concerned, there's nothing about Steve Jobs' life that can be considered a loss. Uh, you know, we got so much. Uh, from him and the people around him. And he inspired so many people to do so many great things that, uh, that, you know, to me that that's not a loss at all. No part of it, but, but it's, it's about his family that I get choked up. But yeah, yeah. my, my reflection. Uh, so my reflection and we're just on tangents here. I mean, we're, we're going free form here, no agenda, but the, the thing that, that I reflect on about him is that when we talk about, we may, get into this space, Dave, but at the beginning, especially in the Apple II days, he was more about the technology and, well, you know, I think, uh, no, again, the reflection to me is that he was always about the technology, but as I think he moved on in his life and his family life, he he made it more relevant to, to me, the deviation from the other technology companies. And, and I see Apple as a technology company, but the, the, to me, the, the, the strength especially seeing the keynotes that he gave was that he never, for the most part, trumpeted the technology. Sometimes he did, but he always tried to ground it in something that was relevant to you having a good life and sharing, you know, 
memories with people. I mean, and, and, and it almost uh, a lot of times brought a tear to my eye when I saw him, he's, you know, demonstrating a product and, and not just flouting the technology, but saying, and by the way, you know, I'm sharing an experience with my life with my friends and family. And isn't that cool? And then that's one thing I noticed as, as he moved on in his career that he would do more and more. And I think that was, uh, that's one of the things I think make, makes Apple unique. Whereas other companies are like, check out our screen and the pixels and the camera and the, and all this, uh, it, he would tie into, and I think it, 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 uh, it's a credit to his team and, and the people that, uh, he put in place is that it's not all about the technology. It's about, you know, what, can the technology do for you and, and make your life better? And uh, that was something that I think you always felt when you, especially when you were at a keynote, especially, you know, even though some people call it the reality distortion field. <laughs> well, I think that's the root of it right there. I think you, you hit on it that that's why there is that reality distortion field because he, not only did he preach this, he believed it and, and it was true. I mean, it, there was, it, it was truth. Right. And he, he just he, he conveyed it in a way that was very passionate. But but yeah, we don't most of us, some of us do buy technology for the specs. Right. I mean, there's no question. But right. but most people don't. Most people buy technology for what it how it can make their life better. Right. Um, and uh, and he he was he realized that, but he also wasn't af- afraid to go out. And say it and frankly, wasn't afraid to go out and bank his entire company's future on it. Right. I mean, you know, Apple, Apple was kind of going downhill and and he came out and and started with the whole think different. Well, I remember that. Well, I remember that. And actually, you know, I got to say out of my uh, and and I got to thank Steve Um, out of the many stock purchases I've made. Two of them were largely emotional. Well, one was largely emotional, and that's when I bought Apple stock about 10 years ago, and I, I wish I had bought many, many more shares, <laughs> as I think many people all. do. <laughs> um, but that was one where I, I didn't necessarily believe in the fundamentals of the company, but I, I believed in the vision of yeah. the company. Yeah. And, and fortunately for a lot of us, it, it, the, the other is that I also bought Pixar, when oh. he uh, also turned around and, you know, you've heard the reports, but he also was an individual that kind of saw the value in Pixar. OK, they made this cool software, but wait, there's a bunch of talented people that can make cool movies. And, uh, you know, it translated to Disney stock eventually. But of the many stocks that I've gotten over the years, uh, he's been involved in two of them that have uh, been been quite uh, rewarding. Um, hmm. That's interesting. So you. You mentioned the the early days, the Apple two days. I, I wanted to, to to focus on. I wanted to mention one thing, and I think by and large you're right. It, he was largely, it, you know, he, he turned into more of that marketing guy as his life moved on. And and, and well, I don't think Apple two. He wasn't. I I don't know if he really. I think he hit his stride in the Mac days. I think the Apple two was mostly Wozniak and okay. engineering brilliance. I well. I think every Apple product had engineering brilliance, but when you and I started out and I want to talk a little bit about that in a minute here, but uh, when you and I started out was 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 really the hero. And, and I, you know, I, I, again, I, I said this in the intro, it, you know, I, I, for whatever reason, I hesitate to acknowledge heroes, I, I, but, but was was definitely a hero of mine and, and jobs has become a hero. Um, and it's a short list, you know, uh, 
there's several musicians on that list and, and certainly some family members and, and that sort of thing. But, um, but Waz was definitely the hero, you know, during the pre-show, you mentioned something as, as jobs kind of went through almost a transformation. You, you use the term shyster. And at some point, at, at one point in the middle there, no, you know, you're right. He came across as a, you know, a marketing shyster for a little while there, not for very long. It was, it was short lived, but as he was getting his, his marketing legs, he, I think he had a lot of good ideas. He just, he, he, he needed to learn how to convey them in a very uh, convincing way. And, and he wasn't initially uh, entirely convincing. It was, it did not always come across as sincere as it has for the past, you know, two decades, if you will. Uh, Well, I've gotten a lot of that and I'll say that there's one book that I still think is a good read. But uh, one of the ones that I think taught me a lot about how Steve functioned in the early days was... I know, uh, I know what book you're going to say, but go, go ahead and the say The Journey, well, that, Jeffrey it. S. Young, The yep. Journey is the Reward. <laughs> and, and Steve did pull some amazing coups with, uh, you know, I'll, uh, you know, I need these parts now, but I can't pay you until later. And so that's why I see his early days as more of a marketing and sales guy. Yeah. And, and then at some point he turned into more the the visionary. Uh, but back then I think he, he was enabling Moz to try to, you know, promote the technology, you know, uh, yeah. Steve, I think was also involved in that too. I mean, he was on occasion charismatic oh. <laughs> when he wanted to be. Yeah. Yeah. But he hadn't, I, I, that, I think he, it was that he hadn't come, um, come to, he hadn't come to grips with his charisma. He was not comfortable with it. Uh, I, th- I think it, it, it initially and, and, and he may have even abused it. Right. Whereas once he sort of chilled out a little bit and, you know, he, uh, he got comfortable with it, but I do think that the seeds of him being that visionary were there from the very beginning of Apple computer. And, and here's why they were, you know, Waz wanted to build this computer. He had built, you know, this computer essentially. And, and jobs was the one as, as legend goes. And I believe this to be true. Uh, because Waz had said so, uh, jobs was the one that said, no, no, we need to sell this pre-built, right? That was the big thing about that is, you know, he had this, this vision of people of not just geeks wanting to own one of these computers and, and, oh, well, sure. You know, and And if you remember back then, I, I think you and I probably, I mean, I, I, you know, exceed you by a couple of years, but I remember back in those days, I would be salivating over some of these computer kits saying, wow, I can build my own. Uh, right. I mean, some of them were, were so primitive, but it was like, wow, I can build my own computer. So for them to come out with a pre-built, wow, out of the box, you turn it on. And uh, other than maybe like an ARF modulator, which was one of their yeah. <laughs> yeah. issues there, you got something that worked out of the box. Oh my gosh, it's not for geeks anymore. It's for maybe not everybody, it's but for, for more geeks. Right. <laughs> no, seriously. It, well, I mean, that's who that's who I was at that point in time. I was a proto geek. I, you know, I didn't know enough to be a geek. Right. I mean, it, by, if you're going to use that as the, the definition of geek. So. So, yeah, I, I didn't know enough to build my own computer, but I knew that I wanted to play with one. And then, of course, I learned enough to start taking them apart. And, you know, as the story goes, many of us have, have all lived that uh, together and separately or along in parallel paths. But uh, all right. So. Uh, we talked about the first time we we saw Steve Jobs, and uh, and I think that was important. Uh, let's talk about the fact, and and then let's get into the details of this. But 
the fact that you and I met because we both met and bonded uh, because we both owned Apple computers. And, and I, I, you never know what paths life could have taken, but I will venture to say that without there having been Apple computers in both of our lives, we may never have met. Uh, and, and we may never have done this podcast and we, more importantly than that, we may never have had this friendship, John, that's gone on 20. Well, 30? I was, I was 15 <laughs> years when I, I was 15 years old when I met you, maybe 14. You were, you were 20. <laughs> so now suddenly I'm going to date us. Uh, no, it's just getting weird. Yeah. You were, you were 20. I was no. 14 or 15. No, it wasn't weird like that. Uh, you were, <laughs> you were 20. I was 14 or 15, whatever the, whatever the math makes it work. And I just turned 40 uh, two weeks ago. So 25 years. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so we would not have had this 25 year long friendship. Were it not for the, I mean, perhaps without Apple computers in our lives, none of this, um, I don't part, know who knows. Part, well, I, I would say partly. So, so my initiation into the Apple club was as follows. Mm-hmm. So I was in middle school when I first got my interest in the Apple. Okay. And the thing was, is that my first computer. So I, again, I started early knowing what I wanted to do, I think. Sure. And in middle school, they had, I think it was a PDP 1134 or something similar. So it was a big box with lots of blinky lights and switches and a teletype. Yes, a teletype with a, a, a paper tape reader. Oh, my gosh. And even then when I saw it, I was like, oh, man, this is the best toy ever. And then uh, because the teachers in the middle school then knew that I gravitated towards her. I, I, I was just such a, a, I was so interested in the technology when they first got the Apple II computer. They were like, you know, you're one of the kids that I think would really enjoy this. And then this floored me because versus a computer where if you wanted to load the basic computer language, uh, which, which uh, from what I recall on this machine via the paper tape reader would take 45 minutes, the Apple II, you would turn the machine on and basic was loaded. And I'm like, this yeah. is magic. How do you do this? And they're like, oh, well, there's this little ROM chip in there. And, and I think it was actually a version of Microsoft basic. And it's like, right. you know, cool. Like, oh my gosh. All right. This is even better. I got to learn. And then that's what, what drove me into a career of both hardware and software engineering. And then I'm, I got to understand what is in this magic little chip. And also I'd like to write software to let me talk to these wonderful pieces of hardware. So, so that was my start. But then at that point, uh, since I had already been introduced to the Apple II in, in middle school and then also in high school, naturally my first purchase was a, an Apple IIe computer. And, and of course, due to, I think, more, more, uh, more was, oh man, it had all these slots. So it was like, you, you not only get the computer with a programming language, but you also get slots and you get to add all these new capabilities. So that even, you know, made it even more interesting that not only could you get a machine that would do what you told it to and, you know, little God complex there, but it's like <laughs> the machine does what I ask it to. And I know I'm serious, but no, that, that I, was, the, that you. was the, that was the total cool thing about writing software and having a computer was it would do what you wanted to. And then, and it didn't uh, require social skills. I, I, and I, I mean, I say that as someone, which I had that none, was important or limited. At the time. No, yeah. I did. 
but but it was it was with <laughs> but it was with mostly the the math people and the band people and all that. But anyways, right. so and too. then yeah. and then also um and I just talked talked to him the other day uh and then one of my friends who uh was also in the Apple II scene uh was like, hey, you know, a friend of mine in California is running a bulletin board. Do you think you'd want to do that? And I'm like, hmm. Well, what's it all about? And he showed me, and I'm like, oh, dude, this is so cool. So I set up a bulletin board as you did, Dave, and I think that's how we initially met because the the back then, of course, we didn't have internet, so it was pretty much who was in your local calling area, and and there was a hierarchy of bulletin boards, and I think uh, weirdly enough, I was in an exchange that had a unnatural reach to other exchanges, so I was like kind of the let me the explain big dog. What, you, what you mean by that, and I, and Go. I know many of our listeners are our age or or perhaps please even translate older. right, no, but but. If but, but for those of you that don't know, it used to not be free to call everywhere, right? In fact, it used to not be free. John lived, you lived about 30 minutes from me, let's say, maybe 40. Right. Uh, and you were, you were in this weird spot that you and I could call each other for free. Uh, and that made your bulletin board fairly popular because lots of people could call you for free. But someone down the road, uh, and you can look this up on a map. So uh, I lived in Norwalk, Connecticut. John lived in Georgetown, Connecticut. I Which was call- not a real town, but it was a phone exchange right. that had a bizarre reach to towns it didn't even border on. And that 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 helped me with my membership. Yeah. And to meet you. And, and, right. And well, yeah, I, I actually have a, a more specific memory of when we first met that I, I want to talk about because it also involved Go. Apple computers. No, but uh, but but just to, to flush this thought out. So Norwalk to Georgetown is uh, they say it's it's 23 minutes, but it wasn't at least not where I was coming from. It was, it was more like 33 and it, and it was about, you know, 15 miles uh, going. If I went from Norwalk to Stamford, Connecticut, which was a long distance call and you paid per minute for these calls, uh, it was the same distance away. Right. So or perhaps even closer. Stamford was, was like nine miles from me and, and I could not call Stamford for free. Uh, so, So, yeah, we had this we had this interesting ability to call each other because of where you lived. Um, But the first place we met was not on either one of our bulletin boards. So let me let me I think your bulletin board was was, a telecom. No, it was one of these chat systems because there there were some of those. Yeah, it was. So your bulletin board was up and then it went down and it went down about a week, as it turns out, before. And you, you and I did not know each other. It went down about a week or two before I got my first modem working. Uh, you can go back to other shows or maybe we'll revisit it another time about my history with getting modems to work on my Apple IIc, which was for my first uh, Apple computer and effectively the first computer we owned. We had a, you know, the TI, the, the whatever, the Timex Sinclair rather before that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but that wasn't, you know, the, it was, hey, it served its purpose. It, it, I could program basic on it and I could play Flight Simulator at, at, uh, with screen refreshes at one per second. It was awesome. Um, but, uh, but, but we got this Apple IIc. I, I fought with getting modems to work. I finally got one to work, the Popcom modem, and started dialing bulletin boards. And I had, a, I had compiled a list of, uh, bulletin boards I wanted to call and because I had friends that were, you know, calling bulletin boards or whatever and treasure vault, which was your bulletin board treasure vault too. Mm-hmm. I'm not going out of form stating that am I, it's okay to talk about the names of our bulletin boards, right? Uh, they're, they're long. Yeah. We won't talk exactly about what content it right. had. That's right. Uh, <laughs> we were kids. It was all fine. Um, 
so it's so a treasure vault two, which was uh, run by John, uh, was one I wanted to call, but it, it didn't exist. And, and so, but I knew, uh, that John was the one that ran it. Can I, can I talk about your handle? Cause this is sort of important to the story. Sure. Okay. So you were the shadow and, and I had to adopt a handle. This was normal in bulletin board days. You, you didn't use your real name or most people didn't. You came up with a handle. And so for whatever reason, at that point, I was a very big honeymooners fan. And, and so I was Ralph Cramden. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and, and so, so, uh, so John was the shadow and I knew that the shadow ran, uh, treasure vault too. So I was a newbie to this scene and, and John's board was, was something of, of legend, local legend anyway, at that point in time, but it was down because of something. And, and so I remember there was this system that this guy named Jim ran called diversa dial and, uh, right. Oh, right. And, and oh, so he was kind of creep. Well, no, we won't. We okay. Won't well, I that. never, I never met Jim, so that was good. Uh, but, uh, perhaps, uh, but anyway, yeah, Diversi- yes, it was good. Okay. Yeah. So diversity was this thing that also ran on Apple twos and what you did, correct me if I'm wrong. It was written by a guy named Bill Basham, uh, I think. And perhaps, and, yep. but the concept was, uh, you, was you, awesome for the time you could get, you could, because the Apple twos had a bunch of slots in them. They had seven slots. You needed one for a video card or one for a disc card or something. You could fill uh, like five or six slots with with modems. I think they had to be Apple cats, but it let you create this system. You had to get six or seven phone lines or whatever it was, but it let you create this system where as many modems as you had, people could dial in and chat with each other. This seems mundane and trivial right now. <laughs> as I'm, even as I'm saying it, it's like people must think I'm crazy for being excited about this. But but it's true. It, it was awesome because it the whole thing that that captured me about having a modem on a computer was the ability to use my computer to talk to other people. It was probably because I, I had seen war games as a kid, uh, but whatever the reason mm. this really, you know, and it captured all of us. It was the whole thing. It wasn't and, about what you could do once you talk to the other people. It was right. just talking to the other people. That's all it mattered. And, and the other system. Yeah. So to, to add to what you said. So the other system. So number one, I think, yeah, my, my bulletin board was shut down for a bit because I, uh, the, the the people at the telephone company were unhappy with oh, some of the things that, that I was did then. Okay. Now well, it all, all makes say sense. is okay. all I'll say is that I was inspired by, uh, and, and you know, I thought, don't think it's a secret that, uh, I think it was both jobs and was. jobs and was were selling blue boxes. So yeah, I was doing some blue boxing action and apparently the phone company was upset. They, so they I laid low out. for a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's back why. then they could. Okay, so, so, so you know, back then the thing was that it wasn't uh, that the intent was not to to steal, defraud the phone company. It was to reach out to other people who had similar interests, and that, I still remember that's it dealing with some of the phone people, like in New York City and across the country. And I think you 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 did a little uh, of that too, Dave. I don't want to tarnish a, your reputation more than a little. But but again, we both played on the phone networks because back then that was the only way to reach out to other people of, of similar yeah. interests. Now we have the Internet to do it. And I have no desire to play with the phone networks, although I learned. Well, no, of course ton. not. No. Yeah. 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 I mean, we did. But back then it was uh, we had this desire to interact with other people with similar interests. But the problem is you would go broke doing it with the telephone system. Right. Right. But anyway, um, yeah, on, on D dial one night or our local D dial. Oh, right. So that was it. So I want to reach back because we had the other friend and I think you, 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 um, and I'm still in touch with him, but we had another friend in the area that also ran a system that was very similar. Much later um, though, uh, several years later. 
What's it? Uh, I can't the, remember what the he suspect, called it. The suspect was his handle yes. in Comlink was the name of the bulletin board. Right. That you're and he was about. in Wilton, yeah. which was an adjacent town. And I still remember. But he he worked for a company that was ditching. And I think what happened, his inspiration was his company was ditching their old PDP computers, like the ones that I worked with when I was in middle school. But they were ditching them. And he's like, you know what? Instead of throwing them in the dumpster, can you give it to me? And he wrote his own software pretty impressive. And bought his own phone lines to do a multi-user chat system, very similar to the Diversadial in the Apple II. And I still remember... It was actually much better than Diversadial. I mean, his was way more full-featured. Yeah, and and I still remember the the, the jolly times we had, because at that point then I was, you know, we we were old enough to... uh, you um, were old enough to drink. I was. Yes, I was. <laughs> because we would. Uh, he would invite me to his command center, and we would sit there. And the thing is, we could monitor all of the people dialing in. And every now and then, if there was somebody who we didn't like, create well, line. Number wars. one. Number one. We would either. So number one, we would either uh, kind of accidentally <laughs> cycle power on the modem that they were on, or number two, and this was the brilliance. I think it, it, either he or I one night were like, you know what? Let's do this for the people that we don't like let's introduce let's write a program that introduced what appears to be random line noise into their data stream until they hang up <laughs> I, I remember i remember that i was there i was there that night i, I think you were there one yeah, time and it was yeah. so funny because he wrote that so so that just you know even though it was only eight users at most you know with any of these systems yeah i mean it was the precursor to what we have now which is Twitter and Skype and all yeah. these, you know, huge systems. But it was it was just so much fun for both you and I to be part of, you know, what what was the uh, again the 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 precursor to to what we we take. And, and like know, I said, we, we just that's where we met, right? I was logged into D Dial one night and I saw this. Oh, guy. was I was got yeah no I saw it to, to get back to our story. Uh, I saw this guy named the Shadow logged in and I knew that you were another Apple guy, right? Because mm-hmm. you had run Treasure Vault and I knew that was run on the Apple. So I I, mm-hmm. I pinged you and and we talked a little bit and then um mm-hmm. and then you started your bulletin board. We never actually met. We still hadn't met at that point. And then you restarted your bulletin board. And I called immediately, you know, I thought, oh, this is great. This, fi- this, this board finally came back. And then, and, and I've told this story here before, but the first time we talked on the phone was when you called me to voice validate, uh, for, you know, for your board. And, and then we, you know, we found, we had this common interest. We were both, uh, Apple two guys. And, uh, and so we would get together and, and, you know, we've told this, that, that part of the story is, is no great secret to, to long, long time or even, you know, short term Mac Geekab listeners. But, um, but yeah, that, that was it. And it was, it was all because of the Apple two that, um, that that happened. And, uh, and then I started my board and, and, um, and then we traded, you know, we wrote, you wrote an indexing thing. I wrote a one key input thing and we traded it back and forth and we had a blast with it. It was awesome. Oh, I, I remember that GBBS. And I remember one yeah. of the faults that it had. So when I started getting a couple hundred users, which back then was like, wow, for a bulletin board, because again, they were all pretty much local based. The problem was the indexing algorithm was garbage. It would basically start in the file of users and was basically a file that had user ID and and the password. And it would go through it sequentially. And I'm like, oh no, that this is terrible. And this is when I just started learning programming and I'm like, you know what? Maybe there's a better way. And so I dug into the, because the, the guy actually wrote his own language. Right. Right. Yeah, and I actually figured I'm like, language. and and I think my, my, actually, I think my breakthrough was to load it into a RAM disc to make it way faster. So I think he, 
He initially had it on a floppy disk, which, of course, if you're searching through that sequentially is like, Ugh. so I think my solution initially was, well, why don't we load the user index on a RAM disk? And then the, the search was, you know, orders of magnitude quicker. So then because people would log into the bulletin board, a lot of times, sometimes they hang up because they'd be like, oh, well, it's 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 crashed because it doesn't let me log in. No, it was looking for you because it was searching through record one, record two, record. Right, three. right. Yeah, no, it was, it's, um, it, it's fascinating what, um, what these computers and what, you know, especially the, you know, and, and specifically the Apple twos have done, um, uh, for, for, for both of us. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I think, I think maybe that's the, uh, that's the right place to leave this, John is, um, well that, and a, a big thanks to, to Steve jobs for, you know, for being a huge part of that um, and creating it all. So is there any, is there anything, anything else you want to, you want to add here, John, before we, uh, before we thank our listeners here and, 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 and move onward. No, I, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm torn. I, I, again, I don't deal with uh, people. <laughs> dying very I, I just find it very upsetting in general but uh but reflecting on his uh you know on on his impact and all that i think uh you know is, is a good thing and i think he he's brought a, a lot of good to the world he's uh i think for a lot of us uh just making devices that you want to use and just help you share important memories and and experiences with your your friends and all that i think is is probably the the one of the most important things that, that he did. And, and I'm sorry that I think he shuffled off the immortal coil before he, he really should have. I, I think he had a lot more to give us, but perhaps he gave us tons though. I mean, he really did. And that's him and, and the team. And, and I got to say also yeah. that he, uh, yeah. And the team you know, that he inspired. Yeah. Well, the thing is he's, and, and, you know, I mean, I think he and everybody else knew that, you know, he's, you know, his, his time was coming and I think he, he did a, a from what I can see a, a great job of putting the, the right team in place to uh, make Apple continue to be Apple that uh, yeah. it was certainly a, a Steve Jobs legacy. But uh, but I don't think just because he's gone that Apple is, you know, Apple is, is maybe a little less, but I think Apple will still be Apple for, for many years to come. Well, I think, you know, John Gruber, when when uh, when Steve Jobs retired, uh, which, of course, wasn't that long ago, you know, a month and a half ago or so. Uh, John Gruber wrote something. He said, you know, Steve Jobs, and I'm paraphrasing, Steve Jobs gave us many things uh, or created many things, but his best creation was Apple itself. And that's, uh, I, I think that mm -hmm. I agree with that. And, uh, and I hope that, I hope that that continues to be true. And I believe it will. Uh, you know, the, 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 I came across something today, which I, I think if I can make the technology work and, and I believe I can, uh, I came across something today, John, that, I think is a fitting way to end this, uh, this episode. So there, there was somebody emailed me this morning and apparently this has been online for a couple of years. The, uh, the initial think different commercial, which was the here's to the crazy ones, uh, was of course, uh, images of various, um, world figures and world changing figures, uh, narrated by Richard Dreyfus. Well, there's a version of that uh, that exists yes. pre 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 presumably prior to the one that Richard Dreyfuss did where Steve Jobs himself narrated it exactly the same mm -hmm. narration. 
uh, clearly done f- with the intent to release. I mean, it, it was professional. The audio was professionally produced and uh, and and it could have been released and been fine. My guess is someone made the decision along the lines that, you know, we probably better not to have uh, Steve Jobs do this. You know, he's the CEO. We should have, you know, someone else uh, do it. Uh, and that, you know, that's that's not surprising. But this version does exist. And and I've got it queued up here. I would like to play it and simply end the show just with the audio of it. But I think I think the audio speaks for itself. So, John, unless you've got something else that you want to add here, I think this is a perfect nope. way to wrap this one up. I'm with you. All right. Here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs in the square holes, the ones who see things differently. They're not fond of rules, and they have no respect for the status quo. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify or vilify them. About the only thing you can't do is ignore them. Because they change things. They push the human race forward. While some may see them as the crazy ones, we see genius. Because the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. (laughs) 